Welcome Builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. Welcome to the Build Your Success Podcast today. We are grateful to have you listen to the podcast. We like to build you so you can build others, and we do that through some training and also through some special guests. I've got a special guest today. He is the blind blogger. His name is Maxwell Ivy, and he's from Texas. And I just want to give Maxwell a, a great welcome to the podcast today and let him tell you about himself. Welcome to the podcast, Maxwell. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. And uh, like I tell everybody, you can call me Max. I, I want to be friends with people. Uh, and, you you know, you, you said you wanted me to start out by telling people a little bit about my background. I'm going to try to keep it short, although sometimes that ain't easy. And that's that's not no Texas tall tale either. I, I grew up in a family of carnival owners in Texas. I'm actually third generation in the business, and I have cousins who are still in the business that travel from Corpus Christi to uh, Nebraska every year and own probably several million dollars worth of rides that are still in the business, carry on the tradition. I also grew up knowing that I had retinitis pigmentosa and would eventually lose some, if not all, my vision. Uh, thanks to some supportive family members and uh, teachers who encouraged me, I graduated from a traditional high school and college. I achieved the rank of Eagle Scout, which makes me one of the few blind eagles. And I worked alongside my family in the carnival business until my dad's death in 2003. A few years after he passed on, I realized that I needed to find something else to do because we were completely out of the business by then. And so I started helping other people sell their surplus rides because that was something I had done for the family when we needed to sell stuff so we could buy newer stuff. Uh, I had to learn so many things to do that. This was 2007, 2008, which was before WordPress, Wi-Fi, or Facebook. And so I had to learn things like how to hand code HTML, recruit clients and set fees, and start a blog and manage video. People said that they were inspired by my willingness to take on these challenges and just do the next thing in front of me, and they wanted me to share more. So I started a second website as the blind blogger where I share my personal experiences of being an entrepreneur who happens to be blind. And from that, I have written three books for the fourth out, due out in July, been on over 200 podcasts, traveled the country solo, have uh, shared my story with the national conferences and local adv advocacy groups. I sing in public occasionally. I help other people get exposure by connecting them with podcast hosts. And I host a little show called What's Your Excuse? Well, that is a huge story, and I'm sure it's bigger than that because life is. We always have to put it in these small bios, but what a wonderful story, Max. And, and you know, that what's your excuse is what I've titled this podcast today because it's people like you that inspire others that don't have these uh, issues in life and, and things that kind of hold you back a little bit. Uh, but definitely you show us that, you know what, we can overcome these challenges in life and, and we can get over it. So, so what's your excuse? I love that, that thought. And, uh, you know, one of the things you, you have here is that you find solutions instead of making excuses. So 
Give us some examples of the ways you do that. You find solutions instead of making excuses. Well, one of my favorite examples was when I first got online with the Midway Marketplace and I needed to have a website because everybody said, if you're going to, if you're going to sell rides and you're not going to do it by driving around the country, you need to have a website. And so I, uh, my brother helped me file for the domain name, but I still needed to figure out how I was going to get online. So eventually somebody forwarded me to the w3c.org's tutorials. And I went through the tutorials one by one. I learned about how to create the, the outline of your homepage, how to add a link or how to add an email where people could click on it and write to you, how to embed photos and, and video links. And, uh, Basically, I just did it one piece at a time, and as I would learn something new, I would try it on my website, and then I would post, send it in an email. Later on, I'd send it up on Facebook, and I'd ask people how I was doing, and sometimes it worked fine, and sometimes I crashed the website, and sometimes I'd think I had pictures on my website, but there would just be black holes in the middle of the screen. And uh, my favorite story about this time was when I picked the colors for the website because being blind, I wasn't exactly sure what colors to go with, but I thought back to what looked good on the midway. So I decided to pick my colors by their names instead of their numbers, thinking that would give me a better chance of picking some good ones. So I went with yellow for the background because yellow always looked better than white. I went with blue for the text, red for the link text, and orange for previously clicked links. I would later find out that yellow was an ice screaming yellow, that blue was a navy blue, that red was a brick red, and that the orange was a fluorescent orange like something off the side of a dive bar. And when you add that to the fact that I had multiple size images on different pages because I didn't have a way to, to, uh, to change the sizes of the pictures, I've been told more than once that my website was so it was so gaudy, so vibrant that Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder could have had an argument over it. But most people were thinking, Max, your website was hideous. Why didn't you just take it down or stay offline or, or go, I can't do this? Well, what I decided was I can either spend time focused on a website that I can't fix or I can just take advantage of what, what I do have and so I focused on uh, getting more people to look at the website, finding new people to list their equipment so I'd have something to put on it in the first place, and promoting the heck out of what was there on uh, emails and making phone calls and social media. And as a result, I was able to sell, uh, you know, some pretty big rides, several hundred thousand dollars worth of rides over the, the, the time that I've been doing it. And I've sold rides on five continents. And I've done that while competing against companies that have more resources than me, have multiple offices, have uh, the ability to finance equipment, handle the, the dismantling and reinstallation of equipment, and even handle the transaction of the money. So, so many things that I could say, well, this ain't working. This is never going to work. I'm not going to be successful at this. But I thought, well, let's just do what we can and then focus on the next thing after that. And of course, the next thing after that was, uh, was posting videos, was recording videos and was making those first couple of big sales that nobody thought could be made to where people started, started saying, you know, that, that kid from Houston, he don't know what the heck he's doing, but he's doing something. That is a wonderful story. It just, just 
speaks to how you were an overcomer and, and how you just took it right on. And, and I love to hear the fact that your colors were hideous and, and they, they would have made Ray Charles and then blood. That, that's a funny story. That's great, Max. I enjoyed that. So let's talk about something else. Here you say, ask for help and accept help. I, I, I know that you're getting feedback from these website blunders, if you will, and, and you took it to heart and you made some changes and you kept pressing on. So tell us about how others can help you and how we have to make that, that request for help. Right. Well, I like to say that I have an advantage in this area because I grew up knowing that I was losing or would lose my vision. So in my family and at my school, I was always told, never be afraid to ask for help. People will want to help you. They will find pleasure in helping you. And if you don't ask, all you're going to do is make things harder on yourself. It's going to take you longer. You're going to make more mistakes. You'll make less progress than if you try to do it by yourself. So I was told to always ask, whereas most people are raised either directly or by implication, thinking that if they ask for help, it's a sign of weakness and that they should be able to do everything themselves. Or even if they ask for opportunities, that it's a sign of ego, that they feel like they are something more special than the rest of us that they can they can ask for opportunities to be on a podcast or on a TV show or in a uh, in a book project whatever. So I like to tell people to focus on the other person and take the focus off of yourself, take it away from your ego. And I do that by sharing this expression with them, which is when you refuse to ask, you rob the other person of the joy they would have received from helping you. So Think about that. In fact, you are making somebody's day worse by not asking them because they have these this experience, this knowledge, a particular talent. Uh, and you will be better off if you will ask them for their help and, and let them help you, let them be part of your journey, as opposed to trying to do it, all, do it all by yourself. And I find that if I can just get people to take the focus off themselves for a little while and think about the other person, and think about how good that other person is going to feel when they do something nice for you. It seems to make a difference. That is so true. And I think we can all take from that, that we just need to be humble enough to ask for help. And and to your point, the other person's getting benefit from helping. They want to help you. They desire to help you. And it's going to be a good outcome for both. It's a win-win. Asking for help is a win-win, isn't it? Exactly. And the other thing that it's good to remember is that most people that are asking for help today are going to be in a position to give help tomorrow. So uh, by delaying your learning curve, by trying to do it all yourself, you're actually uh, affecting people a year or two years or five years from now who could have benefited from you if you'd have been farther along on your journey, which you could have done if you had just allowed some other people to be part of what you were what you were up to and it uh it just surprises me how many people online still give the pre the impression out there that they're doing this all by themselves i mean we have a lot of quote experts that when you see their podcast you never hear them mention their staff their va uh their social media person you never hear them mention their editors or uh whoever is is helping them with a book or a conference or whatever. And that makes people think if they're not telling us who always helping them do this, they're doing it by themselves. And that's a very 
dangerous impression to give people because it makes others frustrated when they think that somebody else is doing this all by themselves. I have to get help. There must be something wrong with me. So I think as a, as entrepreneurs, we have a responsibility to share with others when we have received help, why we needed it, what the outcome was, and then to give credit so that we show the proper gratitude for the fact that somebody helped us get closer to our goal. That is so true. And that leads right into the next thing I wanted to talk to you about. You said here, find something positive in all aspects of our lives. I love this thought. I love to, to try to do this. I know there's times we get discouraged. There's times we see the fault in others. There's times, you know, we just have a negative outlook. But I want to be a person who goes back to this positive outlook. Tell us about that. Right. And I think if you if you look down on the paper, you'll find that I also wrote this third one is the hardest one to do uh, because it does take practice and it takes effort. And there are going to be those days when uh, things are really going against you and you're like, there can't be a single thing positive about this experience. But if you really look for it, if you make a list, if you write it down on paper, eventually you can find one thing. And that's all you really need to do some days is to find that first positive experience, event, or person that came into your life and go from there. And I like to say that finding the positive is like finding anything else you've lost, whether it's your smartphone, your TV remote, or your car keys. How do you find it? Well, first, you decide that it's in the house somewhere or it's in the car somewhere. You know where it is or where it should be. The next thing you do is you keep looking for it until you find it. And if you can't find it by yourself, then you ask the family to help you find it. Occasionally, we used to ask the dog where stuff was. I mean, and sometimes you end up with a really messy living room, but you found what it was you needed to find because you knew it was there and you kept looking. Wow. I love that analogy. And so even that asking others to help you find the positive in something, because you're right. It's always there. There's always something that you can find positive in anything in life. One other thing you said here is life is like a river. Overcoming your own adversity by continuing to move forward. I love this thought. Uh, I'd just love for you to expound on this moving forward in adversity. Right. Well, uh, for and and I should mention that the river is my favorite song. It's the uh, official theme song of what's your excuse or it would be if Garth Brooks knew that it was. So it's technically the unofficial theme song because I don't want to get into legal trouble. Um, but it, it basically goes back to my childhood. I, I started losing my vision at four or five years old. So over the time I went from reading regular print textbooks to uh, having to read large type to using a computer monitor to reading Braille and, re and listening to books on tape. I've gone from a, a manual typewriter to an electric to a computer keyboard. Throughout my life, I've had to adjust and adapt as my vision has changed and then as my life circumstances have changed. And over the past 13 years, I went from a guy who thought he was always going to work a carnival to a guy who realized that that part of his life was over and he needed to do something else to starting the Midway Marketplace to uh, promoting that through social media, email list building, uh, recording videos to finding out I'm inspirational because I, I don't uh, use my, my vision as a reason not to accomplish things to, you know, writing books, traveling. All of this started as one small step 
12 or 13 years ago when I filed for my domain name, the first domain name, and started figuring out how to get online. And every time I've done something, uh, I have had to, I've challenged myself with new things. They haven't all been big. A lot of them were just a whole bunch of little bitty things that went into accomplishing one goal or solving one particular problem. It's just that as long as you continue to work towards your goal and to find those solutions, you can adapt and just just like a river. And I like to use the metaphor of the Mississippi River because it starts in a lake in Minnesota. And there's actually a part of that river you can walk across. But by the time it joins up, by the time it goes through streams, through lakes, and joins with other rivers and becomes the mighty, it's uh, basically the mighty entity that is the Mississippi River, it is so powerful that even the Corps of Engineers can't hold it back if the, if the, if the river and the geography has a mind to go a different direction. And it starts very small. It grows, it grows, it continues to grow until when you see it dumping into the Gulf of Mexico and you can't even really see across the darn thing. That's kind of what I see. That's kind of where I get the whole thing about the river. Yeah, and, and I, these, these small steps, the, the listeners to this podcast will know that over time, I've, I've said time and time again, these small steps turn into big things. And, and you realize, wow, I kept my head down. I was working. I was making these small steps. And you look up and you're at this place in life that's like, wow, how did I get here? And I, and I hear that with you. And, and you're this guy who decided to show up every day to solve the next problem in front of him and to overcome the next obstacle. You wrote that in this application. I think that is wonderful. And, and you ask, what is your excuse? We, we had another guest on early in the program, back uh, episode 16, for those listeners that want to hear this one. It's Jessica Cox. She's the first armless pilot in the world. Uh, I know her. Yeah, Jessica was a great guest. I, I've had her on, and then I, we wrote an article about Jessica. Uh, but just to think that you could fly an airplane with your feet. She drives a car with her feet. She does Taekwondo and just an overcoming person just like yourself it just and it gives me inspiration to realize i don't have very many disabilities uh and 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 jessica says we all have some uh but i'm not blind i have all of my members i have no excuse like your 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 title what's your excuse i don't have very many excuses and i love to be inspired by you and by jessica by others it's just there's there's many people who know how to look at life the correct way and over it's a mindset thing and you take the right mindset so so you do know jessica how do you know jessica i know jessica because we both uh are clients of the same stylist ah nice and my my friend chelsea nguyen who is my stylist and who made a uh a most people think miraculous imp- impact on my professional appearance um she uh she taught um Jessica how to apply makeup with no ha- with no arms which i have i listen to the videos and i to- just totally can't get exactly what they're doing but to me i'm thinking that putting on makeup might actually be harder than flying an airplane i'm not sure 
<laughs> it probably is. Yeah, I would think so. It, it what what Jessica does just merely to put on shoes is is a, is a task for her. And things that you do, I I, I hear. You know, when we started this podcast, I talked to you about moving your camera so I could see you, and those type of things you face every day, and yet you go ahead and pursue and try hard and, and work to a, a positive outcome. Right. And and here's one thing to remember, and I, I like to share this with people because I've, I've made more than my fair share of mistakes, and a lot of my mistakes are online where people can still go see them if they want to. If for some reason you hadn't told me about my camera or uh, I hadn't found out about it, we would have still recorded this episode People would have listened to it. They would have probably just assumed, well, the guy's blind. He doesn't know what his camera's doing or not doing, but they would have still listened to us. Right. They would have found something that we said today that would have made an impression on them, whether it's, you know, taking the small steps to a big goal or finding the positive or asking for help. They would have done that even without, even if we'd had bad, bad video. You know how I know? Cause they did it on my site for five years. I've built up a, a following and a brand as the blind blogger, something I never thought I'd be, a, a, a brand, an influencer, a leader of a movement. None of this stuff is where I started out to be. But for five years, I was using the camera on my laptop with the laptop sitting in front of me, me looking down towards it, the laptop lid pointing the camera up at me, people looking at my nose, probably some days looking at my nose hair. I've, I'm sure they were distracted by the images but they still listened. And even when I was on other people's podcasts, they still listened because people don't watch a podcast to heckle. They listen to a podcast or watch the video, hoping to find something that will help them. So for those entrepreneurs who struggle with the perfectionitis, who are like, my stuff is never going to be good enough to put online or tell people about, it doesn't matter. Those mistakes will make you relatable and real far quicker than putting out a perfect product, even though there is no such thing as perfect. And, you know, some of my favorite stories, some of my most responded to, uh, uh, you know, stories when I'm doing talks are the stuff went wrong. Like, uh, you know, I talked to you before the podcast, how I have light perception. So I can only see light if it's on or off and only if I'm looking at it. When I recorded my first video as the blind blogger, I didn't know the lights weren't on in my room. I recorded the video, posted it online, and here's what happened. I got two responses. About a third of the people said, Max, it's like you're sitting in a dark cave. It's like you're in prison or something. Did you, do you realize that the lights aren't on? We can't see you. The other two thirds are like, Max, we love it. It's, we get the whole metaphor of you're the blind guy. You're going to lead us out of the darkness into the light. And you're going to show us how to accomplish our goals and stuff. And I'm going, and so I had to actually post in the comments. No, I did not have any intention other than to record myself sharing some of my thoughts. And but it was a mistake, but it turned out great because more than half the people who have seen it have, have found a message in it. And for people out there that are considering starting a blog or a podcast or doing public speaking, People will find something good in your work if you let them. And when I say let them, I mean, if you actually put your work out into the world where people can see and hear it. Max, that is so true. And I tell people often, if you, if you create any content, if, if you make videos, if you create podcasts, if you're writing articles, you are going to make mistakes and they're going to be there 
for all the critics to, to make comments on. But as you alluded to, most people are going to get nuggets, golden nuggets out of it. Most people are going to find the good in it and they're going to see your transparency. You're, you're a human being just like they are. I like to encourage people that you have a voice. So you're the blind blogger. People need to hear from you. People need to hear from me, some of my failures and some of my successes. Everybody has their own unique story. I would encourage anyone, as you just said, don't worry about perfection. You're never going to get there. But, but try to get your message out to people and convey it in the best way you can. That's just a wonderful message. I appreciate you bringing that up. And uh, just, man, I'm encouraged by you. I wanted to see your face because I wanted to see that smile that I heard in the voice. <laughs> I just want to make one. I just want to make one. More, I appreciate the compliment, and I, I do, I do bring it wherever I go. But I just want to make one, one more point about you. You mentioned people sharing their their stories and their and their content, and you do it, and I'm very happy that you do, and happy that you encourage people. Uh, I just want to remind people: the world is in a very uh, dire need for encouraging stories, and I don't want you to wait until you think your story is good enough to start sharing it with the rest of us. That is true. Yeah. And, and we need to encourage one another. Like, like you're alluding to, these times are tough, man. You know, we faced a COVID first. Now we got these racial things happening in our country and some, some conversation that has needed to happen for a while. And, and it's time to find the, the positive uprising outlook to help each other. As you alluded to before, we got to ask for help and, so if you need help, reach out to someone that can help you, has the wherewithal to help you. And uh, it's just going to be, uh, I think we can see the positive in where we're at right now. And the fact that the dialogue is open and we can help each other understand and recognize each other and see each other's perspectives. That That's what we really need. I, I posted something on LinkedIn the other day that said, uh, stop racism, turn off your TV and talk to your neighbor. And, and I just feel that way. Yeah. And isn't it amazing how many people have talked to their neighbors now that they're only supposed to go outside in their front yards? Right. So that's finding the positive in everything. And I appreciate you, Max, for encouraging us to do that today. We're at that time frame. We like to have this around 25, 30 minutes, and we're right there. So tell our listeners how they can get in contact with you, where they can find more information about the blind blogger, and give us one last word of encouragement. All right. Well, they can find me at theblindblogger.net, theblindblogger.net, and they can find pretty much anything I'm up to on the website. They can also send me an email to just ask at theblindblogger.net. Uh, the Blind Blogger is also available on Alexa and Google. Just, uh, just, just ask for it. The same with the podcast. You know, you can say Google, ask for what's your excuse and Listen to the new episodes from your car on your, on those, on those, on those speaker devices. And basically I just want y'all to feel free to reach out to me to contact me through the website and let's start a conversation and see about becoming friends with each other and see if there are ways we can learn from each other, teach each other, help each other so that we can all uh, move forward and get closer to accomplishing our goals, closer to helping other people accomplish theirs. And if there's one uh, most important thing I would like to say is that mistakes aren't the worst thing that can happen. Being afraid to make mistakes 
it's the worst thing that can ever happen. And oh, by the way, life ain't the Olympics. They're not going to award you style points, so stop worrying about them. That is wonderful. Max, I am so glad to have introduced our listeners to you and to your message and to the blind blogger. I hope they'll all get out there and check out what you're doing. It's impressive, to say the least. I appreciate you being on the podcast today. For our listeners, do me a favor. Wherever you're listening to this podcast at, go over and give us an honest rating and an honest review. Share this podcast with others. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Thank you. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others. 